So hello and welcome to this week's episode of Union Matters, NSGU's weekly podcast. I'm your host this week, Holly, and I'm joined here today by Tanya Hersey, member of Local 423 working in admin support at the IWK, Paul Hagen, board member and chair of the Civil Service PR Bargaining Group, and Donna McGregor, who's president of Local 71C, Chignecto Regional Centre for Education. Welcome. So thank you for agreeing to chat with me. We're going to be talking today about what it's like to be on a bargaining committee. Maybe we could start off by talking a little bit about how the bargaining process itself works. Um, And other unions might approach things differently. And not all of our locals follow this process exactly. But generally speaking, um, a local elects their bargaining committee members. And then we send around a bargaining survey to all members. So all of our members should have gotten a bargaining survey from us at one point or another. I'll, I'll ask this question to anybody, but why is it so important for members to fill out that survey? It gives us a, a, a great idea what is on their mind as far as the contract, what they'd like change, uh, what improvements they'd like to see, and uh, it's their input. It's, uh, you know, you sit by the water cooler you know, all these past couple of years complaining, this is the time to put it down on a piece of paper, and, and somebody within the union is going to read that, and your representatives are going to say, okay, these are the things that are important to our members with regards to their contract. Okay. So it really is the opportunity for the member to have their say in, in what goes forward to at the bargaining table. Yes. And you guys take it serious, pretty seriously what's on those surveys, don't you? Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of thought that goes into um, the questions mm-hmm. that are being asked. For me, something that I always advocate for is the demographic information and that folks may think that it's not really important, but it is because it helps determine the weight of issues. You know, it may be an issue that's directly related to young workers, Mm -hmm. or it may be an issue that is related to retirement, depending on where your local is and the demographics in it. And also it may be something that relates to a specific classification or a specific work site. That's where you're gonna find out that type of information. Mm -hmm. Um, And the bargaining committee can use that um, because if it's something very important to one work site, you know that there's an issue and it has to be addressed, mm-hmm. where that issue may not be a concern for everybody else in the bargaining unit. But mm-hmm. those that's where we find that information. Yeah. So that's that's a part piece of work that's actually done usually by actually someone on staff here where they analyze all of the results of the survey and help kind of break it down into the demographic the demographic piece. So you kind of can identify based on people's different ages and stages of their career that they're in, what are the most important issues for them? Mm-hmm. And that probably helps you as a bargaining committee decide what you're going to tackle and what might need to wait for next time. Or Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Another thing that uh, members might not realize is that they aren't at the table alone when they go to bargaining. You're not sitting around with a group of your peers versus the employer. Actually, there is someone from staff, at least one person from staff, that's there with you guys uh, to help you navigate the process. Uh, Paul, what role do do the the staff usually play in bargaining? Uh, I find they bring together all the input from other uh, locals and and, uh, parts of the union for things that they have in their contract that may need to be added to the contract they're discussing there now. They also look across uh, Canada and other regions, what's on their contract, what's going on in, in, at the time, and what the standards are for wage increases and uh, improvements in the workplace. 
Uh, you know, and they also look at aspects that we may not be looking at directly as far as part-time issues, seasonal issues with our contract. A lot of that were brought up by staff that because they're not usually represented at the table. Okay. And, and they, you know, they would look at those ideas and say, okay, maybe at this round we should, you know, top up their rights and privileges within the contract. Mm-hmm. That's good. So they kind of take a look at what's going on across the country and they try to make sure that everybody from the local is represented, even the people who aren't actually at the table as yeah. well. Okay. And Ed, any, any uh, clauses that may be in another sector of the uh, uh, of the union that isn't in our contract and it, it's happened, you know, a few of the proposals. Okay. And in terms of process too, when you sit on a bargaining committee, usually it's in your contract that either the employer or the union covers your time off. So if you miss work in order to bargain, your your time is still paid. You're not you're not losing out on pay in order to participate in the process. Um, but it, it doesn't always go within the kind of nine to five hours or your typical work hours. We were talking about this earlier, Donna. Um, do you find that it it involves a huge amount of of time and uh, sacrifice of your of your personal time to be on a bargaining committee or? I think that there is, you know, when you're on a, the bargaining committee, there's a commitment that you need to make to the entire process, and it isn't just, you know, if you work from eight till four thirty, the bargaining doesn't always stop at four thirty. You know, you if you have a momentum going, um, or if there's something that you need to um, have a response ready for the employer for the next morning, you may have to, you know, have supper wherever you are, um, and keep working into the evening to get that ready so that in the morning you can have a good start rather than waiting and having to do all that in the morning when you get get back to the table. And I know that um, a lot of times at the very end when you're really close to getting a deal Mm -hmm. at the table, um, those are very crucial hours and those are sometimes those that's the time when you're really making the decision or could be making the decision as to whether or not your bargaining unit may have to go on strike. Mm. So you can't just walk up and go away. You have to make that commitment, and it may be late hours mm-hmm. um, that you're there, or it may be you have to come in early. You know, Generally, for me, it's always been later, mm-hmm. like late hours. It might be midnight before we get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not happening every single day. Yeah. It's usually just at that you know, crunch time yeah. because that's what's on the... T- that's what you're... You know, that's the risks that are there. You could be taking... Uh, but you know your local could be potentially going on strike and Mm -hmm. and you know it's not something that we want to do Mm -hmm. Um, that's like you're right in the nitty-gritty it's kind of like go time then at the very end so yeah yeah so it's just you know those times that there's maybe some peak periods where you may have to um, give some more of your own time Um, but also um, you know the the union also pays for child care and elder care Okay. For example, so if, you know, my child, he grew up with me going through bargaining, um, but I was able to pay for someone to look after him so that I knew he was taken care of when I was there. So I didn't have to worry about that. Okay, and that's because the union covers those expenses, yeah. right? Yeah, so the union provides support right. to enable the process to unfold as it as it needs to. And right, to you know, and, and if you have to stay over at a hotel or anything yeah. like that, they cover that expense too. So there's nothing out of pocket for you. It's yeah. your time yeah. and commitment. Okay. Yeah. That said, I mean, it, it is a commitment and it's something that not everybody is interested in doing or even has even occurred to them that they might want to do paul you've participated in bargaining many times how many how many rounds of bargaining have you gone through about four or five four or five okay 
that's no small amount. <laughs> Donna, you're you're close to that yourself. Yeah, I'm that. five, or I might be six or seven. I okay. think so at this point, you're well seasoned with yes. the bargaining as well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tanya, you this is your first round that you went through, right? Right. It was just the first round, but okay. I am looking forward to hopefully being on the next round as well. Oh, it must not have been a terrible experience then. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It was very educational and informative. Okay. I really enjoyed the process and and seeing how everything worked and how we went through the negotiations and all that kind of thing. So. You know, it was it was good for me, so I'm very interested to continue on and be a part of the bargaining committee next time. If I, if my members would vote me in, that would be great. Yeah. I kind of get the sense too that like once you've been on the bargaining committee, it's a bit of like a gateway drug to the union. Like, you oh my feel God, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is between that between the convention and the bargaining, I'm all in now. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear. And, and that's reflected in how NSU handles bargaining. It allows its members to have word at the table you're you're going across with the employer talking about issues that you want corrected or improved and uh, it's you know you you have a voice Mm. right right and they listen they 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 take the time to actually listen and process it and let you know if it's a good reason or not a good reason and and why yeah so you might not end up getting everything that you dreamed of going into the process (laughs) but you do feel like you have a say Correct. Yeah? Yes, okay. well, very much so. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. even a, you're allowed to, I know in my case, a few corrections or for directions you want to see or emphasis placed on certain areas and, and they're listen. You know, okay, they're almost like your lawyer. They'll present that at the next uh, meeting of the employer, say, you know, they really want to stress this. And I know in our bargaining, we do our top 10 and then down to top five and we present them, you know, standard practice. But the arrows, does take that at when the lead negotiator and present that to the employer I yeah. mean they do follow through on what we want mm-hmm. yeah it is really a democratic process at least yeah. at least on our side of the table yeah. you know we really do uh, try to listen to what the members say is a priority and, and do the best to push for that at mm-hmm. the table with the employer they don't always cooperate fully but <laughs> at least not in recent years yes no, no, no. definitely not in <laughs> recent years um, so I'm curious to each of you, I'm going to ask Donna first, but what was it that made you want to get involved the first time that you got involved in a bargaining committee? How did how did you end up getting kind of hooked in? I was on the local executive where I was just newly elected on the local executive, and I wanted to be involved in the bargaining process because I thought it would allow me or give me the opportunity to better understand what was actually in my agreement and what it actually meant because sometimes the language doesn't reflect the practice or um it you know language it's not always plain language sometimes it's hard to understand you know and sometimes there's interpretation that's involved and i just felt like as an executive someone on the executive i really needed to be able to answer those questions when a member had a question I needed to know why this is the way it is mm-hmm. um, and how we got to be where we are so I think that's why I continue to want to be involved because I can see the progression of you know years ago what our collective agreement was and the changes that have are there now um and you know how far we have come over the years yeah so you have that institutional knowledge of yeah. how the uh, contract has evolved through the last five rounds or six rounds of bargaining yes okay excellent and yourself Paul well, I first involved, uh, I found it really fascinating that when I went to the table to discuss issues, that there weren't very many people with the same type of issues, but the group listened and with input from, you know, a younger worker, and I found that really, you know, 
inviting. So I said, wow, this is great. And, you know, went to the table and presented, worked out the contract. And then as I progressed through the years and I could just see that, you know, at all the various levels, this union listens to the workers. And as Donna said there earlier, if you have a certain clause or an input sheet, it will be brought to the table and discussed and see whether it could be part of the new contract. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's sort of addictive in that you want to help out and keep on going with that and improve the overall, uh, you know, contract and also improve the, the life and, and lot of all your fellow workers, right? Because yeah. these things are, have a ripple effect through, through the, the group, the economy and, and your, mm -hmm. you know, well-being of families. And, you know, it's sort of your contributed to Nova Scotia and society through your unions. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, I find was quite addictive over the years. Mm -hmm. but yeah, you're really, you are working to improve people's working lives. Yeah. So that's the, the net outcome if we're doing it right. So yes. <laughs> How about yourself, Tanya? Uh, well, I started, I went to a convention back in 2015. And uh, when I came back from that, then I got, started to get involved in the local, became local secretary and got voted onto the bargaining committee. So that's how I originally became part of it. Um, and like they said, you know, you see that you do can make a difference, and, and they're open to hear that. So it's great to be a part of the committee and know. And even the reason why I'm looking forward to hopefully going back is now I can look back at some of the things we set back and said, oh, those are things we can look at next time. Mm -hmm. So I'd have some background knowledge and be able to haul those up again if it's not brought out. Hmm. I, I know in, in particular with this round of health care bargaining, so mm -hmm. the, at the four different health care tables, it was a bit of a, it was a real struggle because we were really fighting to keep what we had for right. the members. And so I can imagine that anyone who was on those bargaining committees is probably pretty keen to get back to the table next round mm -hmm. and see if we can actually achieve some gains for people and some exactly, meaningful yeah. improvements. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that must have been an interesting experience. Oh yeah, it was very interesting. And other than, you know, I have, we have about 450 members, local members in, in the IWK, but I was the only representative for the IWK. And there were, there were about 12 others there from, you know, different areas in, in the uh, province. But we all felt like one. We were together and yeah. we're all one big group. Right? And we, we bargained with others. For anyone who doesn't kind of know this already, we bargained with the other unions. So the other component unions normally were at a table by ourselves with the employer, but this time we were at the table with the other healthcare unions bargaining kind of collectively. Yeah. So that was an interesting experience. Yeah, in the civil service case, we were in constant contact with the teachers yeah. and also CUPE at the time, you know, tr trying to get a good contract. One of us, you know, break the, you know, the ceiling of, imposed by the liberal government. And yeah. we all work together I mean, on yeah. a you know, daily basis. Yeah. yeah. I think they, I think it's interesting because this government thought that they could kind of divide and conquer and I think it backfired. Yeah. It know. certainly did. <laughs> I think it yeah. might have backfired on the woman. And that's sure. from the strength of the membership. Yeah. Because the membership wasn't going to take that. Yeah. Right. They, you know, and it's all their voice. It's their voice from the person they elect onto the committee to their input surveys. Everything's coming from the members. Yeah. And that's what it's about, right? And that, that's the core of our union is the membership. So I think it's very clear that they certainly have influence and that's the most important part of the union. Yeah. If we don't have members, we don't have a union. So. Yeah, it's true. You are the union. We are the union. What is the most frustrating part of being on a bargaining committee? There's got to be something about it that just grinds your gears. I found it was really hard and frustrating sitting at the table with the employer. We could not speak or say anything. We had to try to keep 
facial expressions down. You know, it was Carl Kroos and Robin McLean who represented us, and they were the only ones who could speak. Yeah. And it was the same on the other side. There was about 17, and only two could speak. So it was very hard and frustrating to keep things in when you wanted to jump up and say something. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Manage your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> any any other little frustrations that kind of come out from time to time in the bargaining process or, or after the bargaining process? Yeah. I think after the bargaining process is really interesting when you go to your members and and you say, well, this is the best contract we get. And they're going, well, what about this? What about that? And well, there's two sides. You have to have agreement from both sides. Mm-hmm. And it can get a bit frustrating from your audience and not very many happy people sometimes, especially if it's just about trying to you know, keep job security. And I mean, the last one was not very good pay increases. Yeah. But, you know, we, we seem to we maintain our contract. Sometimes not everybody gets everything they want. And mm-hmm. It's hard and frustrating to some of the members out there to, to realize that. But, you know, we're here to listen, and that's one thing we've always done is gone out, had town halls or road shows explaining what, what the contract's about and been open to that. So, but, you know, sometimes you have to deal with the good and the bad. Another issue I hear from time to time is after after contract's concluded, you'll get someone who will be upset because an issue that is very segmented to them or yeah. it only affects a very minute portion of the local is is really upset because it, it is a maybe this issue is a very big deal to them but it doesn't affect enough of the local to be made a priority at the bargaining table that seems to be a tough one too yeah yeah i think the most important thing that i remember or i try to always keep in my mind um when you know you come back and you're offering to the your local membership you know whatever offer it is that you have from the table that they are going to view it as how is that going to affect them personally, mm-hmm. right? So you have to keep that in mind. Um, and that's the viewpoint that they're coming from. So as a bargaining someone on the bargaining committee, your job is to look at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. So it's hard sometimes to get from your mindset of the whole big picture and a single mindset of how is this going to affect me. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to go back and forth you know, and understand that that's where a member's coming from because it's them that has to try to, you know, find someone to look after the child if they don't have family illness days, Mm -hmm. for example, right? So it does affect them personally and that's what they want to know. How is that going to affect me? Um, So you have to be able to give a response, you know, that would answer their questions, but also try to broaden their perspective a bit and how it affects other members as well. I remember when we, we won our um, job security clause in civil service. That did not go over well. It was, well, we don't get laid off. And 10 years later with this, you know, conservative and liberal governments, thank God we have that, that yeah. clause. It saved a lot of people's lives, yeah. you know, and their livelihood. It, yeah. Because this government and the, and the conservative party are 10% reduction in civil yeah. service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it's not fair. And, and now we have a clause there that said, you have at least two years service, you have to have uh, a job of equal pay. Yeah. And that's, that's something that we try to get in other uh, components of NSGU, but have been that quite successful, but it has been great for the civil service. Yeah. So something that seemed inconsequential to a lot of the members at the time has 10 years later proven to be a oh, godsend. So. Astronomical. Yeah. Okay, great. And I think that speaks a lot to, as a bargaining team, as NSGEU, you know, um, staff of being able to have the foresight to know 
or expect that some of these things may be coming down the pipe to yeah. you, right? And it's sometimes hard to have that perspective, but that's where you're looking at trends in other provinces. Yeah. You know, um, Don't you know we have a crystal ball here at the office? <laughs> yes, it's our crystal ball. That's right. Um, you know, but you do. The, the union has to have that kind of foresight to know that this is something lacking and you need to have that. Or to be able to kind of see under a particular government we're not going to get this kind of monetary increase, so let's see what else we can get for our yes. members that's going to pay off down the road. So, Someone already touched on this, but another advantage, or one of the, it sounds to me like the biggest advantage of being on the bargaining committee from a self-interested point of view is that you actually get to know your co- collective agreement yeah. inside and out, backwards and forwards. What other kind of things have you gotten out of the, the experience of being on the bargaining committee? I think myself, I would get... Um, just the camaraderie that, you know, of working with that bargaining committee, Mm -hmm. you get very close, you're with each other, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and your employee relations officer and other staff that may come in, um, you get to know them really well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you may be at each other a little, you know, because you don't always see eye to eye, that's for sure. But, um, you know, you you're spending a lot of time with those people. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of times you end up being very good friends afterwards, yeah. you know, and that as you're going and being union activist, um, you kind of develop that relationship and do that together. So I think that's a good part of it. You get to exercise your skills in diplomacy. For sure. <laughs> Anything, Paul, from you on, on kind of what you've gotten out of it or what well, you... Well, civil service, we have a wide range of occupations and it was great to, to meet, uh, you know, Components from clerical, components from technical, and, and get an understanding where they are in the realm of things, and the, as far as uh, pay scales mm-hmm. and uh, work life and experience and that balance there. And it was, and, and again, as you know, mentioned earlier, camaraderie. You get, the, you know, the next mm-hmm. meeting, how you doing? What's going on? How's how's the family doing? And then, and you also get to know the staff within the union, as far as the you, you get to recognize them and and sort of you know, understand their job and their and their role. And and sometimes you may get a call of the blue saying, okay, what do you think about this? Because you were on this committee and what your ideas. And you look at maybe what other services you can offer. Yeah. You know, that was for me was able to, to offer my services to be a trustee on the pension plan, a trustee okay. on the LTD plan. Yeah. It led to that stuff because it was you know I understood my union listened to what input from the, from the members, so I was able to do that. Okay. Or you'll get a call from a staff member saying, do you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> 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 um, how about you, Tanya? Uh, yeah, I agree with both Donna and Paul. You know, it, it was, uh, you, you meet great people and make friends and, and all that kind of thing. Um, also, just being in healthcare and working in the hospital, I've learned a lot of things that are outside of my department. I'm in my own little bubble down here mm-hmm. in diagnostic mm-hmm. imaging for 20 years. So I get to see and hear and know more that goes on within our facility. And again, across the province and other facilities and different unions, we all have the same issues and concerns. We all have a thing, you know, something in common that we want to fight for and work for. So, yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. It kind of helps broaden your horizons oh, and yeah. a, you develop a greater understanding of issues, not just necessarily in your workplace, but within your local and your profession. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so what would you say to a member who maybe doesn't have a lot of experience with the union, but's interested in taking part in the bargaining process in the future? What would you recommend they do or? I think the first thing they need to do is go to local meetings. Okay. That's my number one. Yes. Because they, they need to be at the local meeting because that's where you hear 
about things that are going on in your local. Um, That's where your opportunities are going to be for you to be involved, Mm -hmm. for you to be, you know, elected to a committee or elected to, um, you know, be on your executive or just understanding what's going on mm-hmm. Just right you know into the, to the union. that's right okay you know you, you learn about what's going on in the yeah. union things that the union are, is doing mm-hmm. that you may not necessarily see on the floor at work mm-hmm. and it's interesting too because depending on your local it may be difficult to find people to be on a bargaining committee and some in some locals you know you've got the same people and it's actually kind of tough to get a spot on a bargaining committee so it's good to go to a local meeting and kind of figure out where things are and whether or not they need people and Mm -hmm. go from there okay and I think generally if if someone new comes to a local meeting the executive is just going to be really happy to see you coming through that door (laughs) you know because you don't always see you know new keen people um, that really want to um, be involved, right? And the, the number one thing I think as a responsibility as a member is that you need to be informed. Yeah. And that's how you're going to be informed, the, right? Yeah. The best go to the website, is, go to social yeah. media, yeah. go to your local meetings, ask questions. You need to be informed. Yeah. Check your emails. Yeah. Check your emails. <laughs> I know yes. we send a lot, but check your emails, please. I know that, you know, if you have new ideas, they'll be listened to. Yeah. It may not be successful at first get go, but that may sink in somewhere down the road and okay, that idea was good. Then maybe we'll look at that. Maybe not this contract, but next contract, but mm. every idea is entertained in NSGU and, and keep that in mind and say, show up to your local help out. I hear that a lot from members. Actually. It's funny. A lot of members who start to get active with the union are really surprised that the union, the NSGU is, is so receptive to new ideas and, uh, and they're so open-minded, and I think it's because of a lot of a lot of employers aren't. They don't necessarily get met with the same kind of reception when they want to try something different at work. And so it's it's kind of refreshing to come into the union side of things and have an, a more open mind, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? You guys have answered all the questions that I had about everything. Is there anything else you wanted to mention or talk what about? I'd like to say is that the, the great importance that the support staff here provide booking hotels, uh, doing up the reports, uh, doing up the notes. I mean, it, it's something it's added the whole picture and it made the whole team good. It's, it's unbelievable how everybody, you know, every group here provides some type of input on every contract. And it's, you know, it's seen the professionalism when we go to the table and the envy we have from other unions. Well, NSU got that on their contract. Well, because all the little things are done properly, it yeah. seems here. And my, my exposure, I mean, it's great. I mean, mm-hmm. there's very few things that are yeah. issues, and everything seems to go smoothly on our part. You can't can't work on the employer, but we're trying to. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> and it's great when you yeah. have all your you know your your points laid out, you know, everything fine yeah. there. Everybody's got their hotels are all booked, and the times booked off, and there's mm-hmm. no problem with the employer on that end. It makes it a lot yeah. easier just to show up and concentrate on on their contract. Yeah. Well, we've been doing it for 60 years now, yes. so they're, it's a bit of a well-oiled machine yes. behind the scenes, so it's good. Thank you for that. I'm sure the staff here appreciate that, Paul. Um, well, I really appreciate you all joining us here today, so thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. You're quite welcome, and thank you. And to our listeners, thanks so much for tuning into Union Matters. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at NSGEU. Have a good one.